Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Molly is what do we do when we get technically what we asked for and yet still I left this episode just being like okay Riverdale all right guys we are talking this today we're talking about season four episode 15 to die for we are it is Jughead's (laughs) funeral it is the making of now Alice Smith, now back to Alice Smith, not Alice Cooper. Betty's mom is making a documentary called Murder in a Small Town about Jughead's murder. And we are trying to figure out what's going on with, is Jughead really dead? Spoiler alert, not spoiler alert. He's fucking not dead. Of course. <laughs> yes. I will say, Jackie texted me last night saying that she was about to throw her TV out the window because of Riverdale, <laughs> and then I had not yet watched the episode. So then when I sat down to watch it uh, this morning, and I started it, and I saw that Alice was making a documentary about the murder, and I was like, I kind of like this. Why, did, why is Jackie that. so bad? But then by the end, I was like, oh, okay, I see why Jackie was so bad. I just, you know what? It was a buildup, because I was wrestling with myself, because again, this is what we asked for we asked for them like okay get out of it we know that Jughead's not dead what really happened let's get into it but I guess it's Jughead you know it's not Jughead it's Riverdale it's Riverdale Jughead it's Riverdale. and I was expecting something a lot more spectacular than what was going on but then Molly Neffel is it not what we've been asking for is to go back to the first season of just teens and detective technical this is what we want (laughs) you know just teen we have been asking for teen antics but i think that the difference is that it in the first season the stakes were very clear it was like oh this beloved star of high school that everybody knows and loves has been killed or dead he's dead what happened we have to figure it out was it you was it you Ooh, high stakes the stakes of this plot line made no sense because it turns out that it was just high schoolers fucking with each other which is great but why i still don't even know why they're doing this i just to fuck with each other don't know i think that it's just like, to fuck with each other i think it's because Jughead got kicked out 
So they, you know, got kicked out of Stonewall Prep. And it's all that. And I think they wanted to, like, teach them a lesson about bullying people, which... But, like, I'm sorry, but when you teach someone a lesson in high school, you, uh, let's say by the bell, like, kidnap their mascot. You don't fake your own death for, like, weeks. Like, two weeks. I guess. That's a long time. So, all right, let's lay this out. So what really happened in the woods? Right. What really happened in the woods? I still don't know the answer to that either. (laughs) That's the thing. We, like, quote, unquote, got our answers. I still have no idea what happened, why it happened. So Jonathan, who is now Jonathan, is either dead and or kicked out of Stonewall Prep because now we know that Jonathan is gone, which I didn't know Jonathan was a character. I'm assuming it's one of the four people in the Stonewall Prep group. I think Jonathan was the one who got Jughead's writing contract after Jughead lost it, I think. Because he was the one that put Jughead's blood on the rock that FP found that was like, oh, we found the blunt force trauma thing that did it, covered Jughead's blood. So Donna said, but Jonathan put the blood from Jughead himself on that rock. And... Of course, we remember that Betty put in fake rock for the real rock, so she got rid of the real rock that was covered in Jughead's blood and put fake blood on it and submitted that as evidence instead. Rock not rock. Rock not rock. And (laughs) rock not rock is now, like, because Donna has her sources and they know that the blood on it wasn't real, so they don't know what happened to the real rock, so they brought it, so essentially, they brought Jughead out to the forest they hit him in the head with said rock but they didn't kill him they just hit him enough so that he would bleed and then they were going to blame the death quote-unquote on betty right so i'm glad we're i'm so glad we're talking about what actually happened uh because right we learned at the end that jughead is alive he's got his hat he doesn't have his hat and he's like oh it's a good thing my beanie cushioned the blow That's so we right. do know that he was hit in the head with a rock yes and we assume that the river, the the Stonies did it. So they lured Betty out and Ju- Jughead and Betty were out in the woods doing the nasty, right? No, and Jughead then, was out there, remember, because he had, he had the bunny mask on and the knife and he brought Brett out into the forest. Okay, right. And then Donna brings up Betty. Yes. And then she fugues her, fugues her, fugues her. She fugues her. She thinks she makes Betty think it was a magic word, but it was really some fucking devil's pixie dust, breath. Devil's breath, and uh, and Betty loses time. And so, what apparently actually happened is that the Stonies actually did try to kill Jughead with a rock, right? or did they just try to hurt him? badly so that he was unconscious which could still be called attempted murder i think if you hit someone in the head with a rock so hard that they go unconscious yes you could have definitely killed him and then they take his blood jonathan whoever that is took jughead's blood from this said bashing over the head and planted it as evidence uh with in betty's hands betty didn't didn't remember any of this and so then betty wakes up but then here's where i lose the thread has betty been pretending even though we've seen Betty like alone has Betty been pretending to be scared this whole time that she actually did it yes because she knows <laughs> she didn't do it it so makes no sense the first thing I thought of so all right so what we find we end up finding out in this episode that there are a bunch of people that are aware of the fact that Jughead is actually alive these people are 
FP. They are all the 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 main four, Mrs. Andrews and Dr. Curdle Jr. Dr. Curdle Jr. Who helped fake an autopsy all to get back at a fucking rival high school? And Charles. So this is also what we're saying. So we go back two episodes ago when Charles is trying to help them hide the body. Okay, so they're hiding Jughead in the bunker, right? That's fine. I'm so mad. I'm mad. I'm mad at it. I'm mad at it. I'm mad at it because it should have been, you know what? I'm saying this. It should have been written better. It should have, if you're going to make this conspiracy thing, it should, then you should be able to go back three episodes and be like, oh, that's why that was happening. Oh, that's why that was happening. And that's not what was happening. There is no way that this plot line, quote unquote, would hold up to scrutiny if you went back and watched the previous three episodes because there are scenes where Betty and Charles are alone and Betty's acting like, oh, did I do this? But if they're both in on it, why is she keeping up the charade with somebody else who's in on it? <laughs> why are there so many scenes of the three of them? <laughs> Betty, Jug, and Veronica, they're all in on it. Yeah. And the last episode was like 100% scenes of the three of them being upset like, and yeah, granted, you could probably go back and be like, oh, they were actually upset about that they were faking Jughead's death, not upset. But like, it is trash to have, like, to not set it up so that there at least shouldn't have ever been a scene where all the people who were in on it were alone together. Because then if they were alone together, they would have been like, oh, let's talk about this scheme we're doing. We're definitely faking this. Yes. yes. And and especially down to the fact that so FP interrogates all three of them in this episode. So they come in and you're like, you're under the arrest for for the murder of Jughead Jones. Yeah, the interrogations. And then they interrogate yeah. all three of them with the parents that also know what's going on. And three interrogations happen when everybody in the room is in on it. Did they just do that for the quote-unquote security cameras? I guess what I would say, though, if my kid was faking a death and doing this like conspiracy thing to take down these bad kids, I'd probably get pretty into it and be like, oh yeah, you want to interrogate me? Where was I, the scene of the crime? You know, I'd probably get very into it and I get it. But does Mrs. Andrews have the That's time? The you know, it's like she doesn't have the time to do this. The time nor the interest, the whole thing with the Andrews family is that they're so earnest. Like, Mary Andrews is not going to be like, yeah, J- Archie, I'll engage in this two-week-long ruse involving the death of a child? Yeah, let's do it. That's out of character. It's very out of character. So, all right, so this entire episode, guys, we don't even find out that Jughead is alive until three-quarters of the way through this episode. That is when I wanted to throw my television out of the uh, out the window. And so it's still this back and forth of Donna and Betty trying to capture each other in the lie because Donna keeps saying, you guys are all lying. Jughead's really alive. And Betty's like, what are you talking about, Donna? Jughead isn't alive, Donna. But I mean, I will. Lo- I'll always love Dark Betty. And I think about you, Molly, every time I hear Dark, <laughs> oh, Dark Betty. Betty. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so they are combating each other, even though we all know that Jughead's alive. And they're going through the whole motions of the trial and even though FP, the sheriff of the town, which also, again, if he didn't quit in this episode, he would definitely lose his job for doing this with a bunch of kids to get back at two other kids. Who do, he doesn't even have a problem with. No. It's not like it was a serpent. Like, this was the thing. Remember, like, 
I think that they may have fired all of the writers who wrote the first four episodes of the season and then brought in a whole batch of new writers who didn't watch the first four episodes of the season because there was all these seeds planted. I know this is just Riverdale, but like there was a scene, a great scene this season between FP and Alice where he was like, oh, I don't want to be sheriff under Hiram Lodge and she's like well what if you're a serpent sheriff and we here at Riverdale Roundup we're like yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, be a bad sheriff be a bad sheriff so I guess this is an example of him being a bad sheriff but like again what stake does FP have in this I know he doesn't like Stonewall prep but like is he really gonna like orchestrate the death of his own son to get back at two people who Again, I don't even quite know what the like what the issue is. No, I think that it's something to do. I th- I just I think they just don't like each other, and I think that they know. That, oh, I mean, I guess like they have like the sex tape and stuff like that, but they know that Donna and Brett are bad, so they're trying to take them down to Chinatown for some reason. And I guess I mean they did also did hit him in the head with the rock in hopes that. And I think oh no, it's because of all of the murders of the other teachers. Remember when, uh, not Mr. Chipping, uh, but the other teacher that uh, threw himself out the window in front of everyone and she was like, he was having sex with me. And I love it that Donna again turned on the fireworks, fireworks, waterworks, when Effie <laughs> comes into her room and she's like, Betty is the one and I'm scared of Betty. You know what? Donna's killing it now. I know that we used to give her a lot of shit, but as someone that is doing camp bad girl, she's killing it. She is. Yes, she is. I still don't understand why she no. is doing this. But no, I yes. don't understand why. So, right. So there is all this, there is all this conspiracy darkness uh, in the Stonewall prep universe. They are f- framing these young teachers and then make, causing them to jump out the window. There's... Is that why? I, don't, I, I guess just don't so. Know. And then so the so Brett and Donna show up to they decide to have Jughead's funeral, which also if I found out that I went to a funeral, not funeral after thinking that the person was dead, I'd be pretty fucking pissed because most of Riverdale doesn't know that this is a ruse. So they all show up at Jughead's funeral. And my favorite talk about horrible funeral decorum donna comes in guns blazing that man he's not dead he's not dead pointing fingers at his little sister screaming at his little sister about how he's not dead which girl i would have if someone did that if i had a little sister and someone did that to them at a funeral i'd fucking deck her all the way (laughs) out the door and then brett tries to push the casket over to show that there's no, nothing in the casket, which, fair, there's nothing in the casket. Good move, Brett. And we also were right last week when Jughead was on the table and they didn't want them to come in. Molly, you were completely correct that they didn't want them Thank to come you. in to see if, because Jughead actually was alive on the table, which, good call. Thank you. So... They get kicked out of the funeral because you really, you're not supposed to push over a casket. Shock. I know that's like a new (laughs) thing and maybe I should write some sort of like, you know, country woman's weekender article about it. But you're not supposed to push over a (laughs) casket, especially at the funeral of a teen. But again, there was a scene between, oh, I guess Alice wasn't in on it. There was a scene between Alice FP at Betty, where Betty was like, I think it's time to have a funeral so we can have closure, Mr. Jones. And he's like, if you want to, Betty. And they're all in on it, but I guess Alice wasn't. So that one I 
retract by criticism. They were, but now everyone is in on it because I do love the murder in a small town documentary hosted by Alice Smith, Alice, nay, I want to say nay Cooper every time, but that, that would be the opposite, <laughs> but uh, by Alice Cooper. And it reminded me of a mixture between the Blair Witch Project and Scream. Or like Scream 2, or no, Scream, the first Scream. Which, yeah. please get, if this is going to be some sort of homage to Scream, please, 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 please. Oh, please, 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 please. I feel like it was a nod to like true crime, right? Like it reminded yeah. me of like the very, very, very good show American Vandal, which is a spoof on like the crime documentary where you yes. have like a burner board and like what happened. Like I feel like that's what, and like that's a great when Riverdale like spoofs things that are like aspects of pop culture. Like yes, please. That's why the Breakfast Club episode is so fun. So that's good. why you know. That's why like these like theme immersive theme episodes they do can be really fun so i was like ooh, a fun like true crime documentary episode yes it's just that the crime this reminds me of when i was a kid and i like wanted to be a writer and so i would write like novels because i had a lot of time on my hands and i would like (laughs) write like a i would write like mystery but i didn't know how to like actually develop a mystery so i would just write prose that like sounded like it was a mystery but there was no actual underlying mystery that's what, that's this, what episode. this show is. <laughs> Molly, that's are you confessing? Is. Did you write this season of Riverdale? <laughs> are you trying to say, it's like, I know you got the two young kids. It's difficult to focus on the plot. Like, I get that. If there's one thing I could do, it's make something sound like a mystery when there is zero underlying plot to no mystery. have a mystery about. Mystery, no mystery. And also, Charles was not. <laughs> this is definitely mystery, no mystery. And Charles was not in this episode either. So I do wonder, Molly, will it tie back in now that we've got camcorder footage back in? Because I know I'm yeah. going to bring it up every yeah. fucking week until someone acknowledges me. It doesn't have something to do with the tapes from across the street. Is it have Thank anything you. to do with the tapes from across the street? What happened to the tapes from across the street? Who made the tapes? It's very creepy. I'm very intrigued. But also, Alice Cooper is using an uh, almost archaic form of making a video using a little handheld camera camcorder when i mean we just saw the lady gaga music video we know what they can do with the iphones nowadays so i wonder if it's alice cooper that was getting all of the footage but maybe she was doing something else you know what i mean oh that's a good that's a very good like because right the style of the camcorder looks exact same as the vhs's that are appearing on people's doorsteps oh yeah so, just Good throwing one. that out there, Riverdale writers, just throwing that out there. If maybe you could just, I do, I'm obsessed with it. I have to know. If not, I think I need to write an entire movie wh- with a camcorder thing like that because I think that, I mean, I, I just, I think the voyeur scary concept to me always really, it's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's like the strangers. You know, it's like that kind of shit always terrifies me. Any kind of home invasion. For sure. Yes. Yeah, there was so many, like, there have been so many good seeds planted, like, and that is the best one. If somebody filming your house from across the street and then leaving VHSs of it at your door, super creepy. Good. High stakes. See, this is high stakes. High stakes. Riverdale seems to have a misunderstanding of what stakes are. Yes, a dead teenager stakes. 
high stakes. stakes, but not when we all know that he's not dead. That's low stakes. Mm-hmm. I ain't putting caramelized onions on them steaks. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Steakhouse joke. Now, <laughs> everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Hey, look at you. Florist by day, student by night, student by day, nurse by night. Since 1998, Penn State World Campus has led the charge in online education, offering access to more than 175 in-demand programs taught by our expert faculty. We offer flexible schedules, scholarships, and tuition plans to help you reach your educational goals online. Penn State World Campus delivers on your time. Click the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. That's worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. And then we often talk about Hermosa because I forget Hermosa is a private investigator, obviously. <laughs> and Hermosa, I, I think when I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard, when Hermosa knows that Veronica is under investigation, she knows that it's because and why she might not go into Barnard and all this stuff. So she's looking into Veronica's life. So she bursts into the room when she had, was just having sex with Archie. And that's very uncomfortable because I can't even imagine even when like at times when my sister and I were fighting, I still wouldn't want to walk in on her having sex with anyone because rude. And then she compliments Archie on his abs, which is an extremely creepy thing for somebody whose character has got to be at least in their mid 20s to say to a teenager. 16, 17 year old. Very upsetting. And so she was doing some investigation on Veronica, but through this investigation, she went ahead and just made her a fake passport. Just in case (laughs) she wants to skip town, she made her a Monica Posh, which is Veronica's wearing a wig alter ego. She made Monica Posh her own passport with plane tickets to skip town if she wanted to. But you know what? I thought that was pretty nice. Yeah, that was nice, but that she's only under investigation for running a... I guess you might want to skip town if you're under investigation by Barnard for running a uh, secret rum club, but it's not like the Barnard police are going to come get her, no. you know? Like, I feel like... You don't need to skip town if a college has withdrawn your admission. You know, you have to skip town if, like, the FBI is coming for you. 
Oh my god, and I also forgot that Betty got the phone call that was like, ah, somebody died, so, uh, you wanna go to Yale? Which, another thing that I know that I shouldn't even still be bringing up how angry the college admissions thing in Riverdale makes me, but that also made me angry this episode. Was that part of the plan? Were Jughead and Betty, was Jughead like, let's fake my own death so that then they offer you my spot, but then I'll turn out to be alive and then they'll have to keep me. Maybe, and that's a way for both of them to get into Yale. We are pulling at fucking straws here, man. That's that's at least that's a reason that getting into Yale is a is a is an okay reason to fake your own death. For I sure, I would do it, but at least there's a reason. And while Hermosa is uh, pr- uh, investigating her own sister, we have Cheryl. Which you know what I want to say. Uh, props to Cheryl in this episode, but then no props to Cheryl in this episode because she comes <laughs> props, up to no Betty props. because it's props, no props for Cheryl because <laughs> she comes up to Betty and she's like, I know like losing someone is really hard. I'm going to be your suicide shadow. So she's going to be your shadow to make sure she doesn't kill herself. And this is after they started planting the seed that possibly Betty and Archie, we're gonna finally get together since Jug, and they're like, no way Jughead's still alive because there's no way they would be holding hands at Pops if Jughead was alive. No possible way that there's ever been any kind of sexual tension between them. <laughs> and so they hold hands, and then it starts the Cheryl snowball, I guess cherry ball, if you will, up to the point that they kiss at the music room, which, ah, uh, talk about, even though it's a setup, Veronica coming in and being like, so you kissed me and Betty and Josie and Miss Grundy all in the music room, which, that's a bit of a it's, call it, out. That was a great bird, except for Miss Grundy, who was definitely a predator. <laughs> predator. That's a predator alert. And, um... Because Cheryl saw Archie and Betty kissing in the music room and then took a picture of it and texted it to everyone. If you are if you are doing suicide watch on somebody, I'm going to go ahead and say that a private moment <laughs> probably shouldn't be shared with everyone because I'm going to go and say that if it was real, would that or would that not be for someone young? A possibly like a possibility of them being like, well, I guess I will kill myself now. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I also want to unpack this plot line a little bit more, if I may, because was Cheryl in on it? Cheryl was not in on it. Cheryl was not in on it. So she was being used as a suicide shadow to do that exactly. They knew that she would watch. They knew she was watching Betty, so they set Cheryl up to. And, and so that Betty and Archie did that because it would make it look more realistic that like right. Jughead was actually dead. Right. Okay. Why was Cheryl so? I mean, maybe this is just Cheryl being my favorite character, but why was Cheryl then so nonchalant about Jughead's death? I mean, I think that she th- just I think it's just fuck? Cheryl. Yeah, I think it really is. I think since JJ, you know, really, what does it matter to her that other people die? I mean, she did call him a hobo that one time, which is what she <laughs> that said was twice in the documentary. I actually thought that scene was hilarious. There's a scene where they're interviewing Tony and Cheryl, and Tony is like, "Yeah, I like really had a connection with Jughead. Uh, we spent a night together, and it really like informed our friendship." And then it pans over to Cheryl, and Cheryl's like. I'm not threatened by a loveless tryst. And then they're like, do you care? Do you have any memory or any like regret? I don't remember what they ask her about the death of Jughead. And Cheryl's like, 
I'm sorry I called Jughead a hobo that one time. And then they were like, anything else? And she was like, I'm really sorry I called him a hobo that one time. I was like, all right, that was fun. That was a fun scene. It was. That was a fun scene. Because throughout all of this, Mrs. Andrews is interviewing everybody as a way. It's like a remembrancing. It's almost a dear Zachary, if you will, of Jughead that she's making. Because on top- I won't, by the way. <laughs> you won't. <laughs> <laughs> because on top of all of this, so Betty is also being followed. She's being followed by Cheryl, but she's also this entire time being followed by Donna, who is trying to prove that Jughead still exists, which I honestly, and not even, again, we can't get back into the semantics of this. I don't understand why she's trying to prove that Jughead still exists, because then it wasn't she trying to get Betty arrested for murder? And blaming it on Betty. Great question. So why would she want to prove that yeah. Jughead doesn't exist? I, I'm, I'm actually confused by that. And I try not to think that, about it for me too, too. much. Um, unless I'm wrong somewhere, but please. No, why? What is, I, this is the other thing. I don't understand what Donna and Brett want out of all of this. I don't know what they want. Part of, you know what, part of being, you know, as I'm going to say this as someone that went to theater school. <laughs> You have to know your intention. Every scene, you have to know your intention. You need to know where you are going. What is your impetus for saying what you're saying? Why are you saying what you're saying? How do these, how do these amazing, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. How do these amazing actors do it? If from week to week, it doesn't make any fucking sense of why they would be saying or doing the things that they're doing. If they have no actual intention of moving forward. Yes. Or am I being too, am I seeing it too deep? Am I getting too deep? I I don't think it's too deep to expect a story to make sense in the fourth season of a show. The the story doesn't make sense. And I just, I truly do not understand their attention. So we did the what happened. The why it happened is we've established maybe it was because Betty and Jughead could then get Betty into Yale. Maybe it was to get back at the fact that like, Stonewall prep was bad to like Jughead's ancestors. But why did Betty and Donna do what they did? That I do not know. I know they were trying to fuck with Betty, but why? Betty doesn't even go there. I honestly don't know. And so what does Donna do is she follows Betty who was who was setting it up that this entire thing was a way that like what she's really sneaking around doing is having sex with Archie. So she lures her into the bunker and has after picking up a bunch of food from Pops, takes Donna down there and Donna walks in on Archie and Betty in bed together. Meanwhile, Jughead is hiding underneath the bed. And Donna knew that Jughead was there because there were three milkshakes. But also, girl, if you are trying to dupe someone, don't get him a milkshake. Maybe one of you doesn't get a milkshake <laughs> that one time. You know what I mean? Let's not make it that apparent. Yeah. I will say sometimes, I know it's a crazy thing to say, sometimes I get both a soda and a milkshake. So maybe that's what it was. Also, I like how Brett was like, well, if there was three burgers, it could have been because Archie eats a lot. But then but there's three milkshakes. It's like. Well, that has to be because there was a third person. It has to be. And also, I think that Brett is um, in love with Archie. Can we throw that out there? He's always yeah. talking about Archie and like his like washboard abs and that like <laughs> beautiful little like, like he's always talking about how jacked he is. And I think, you know what, though? And I don't like Brett. I'd watch that tape as long as either one of them spoke. As long as it was a, it was a silent fuck. I'd watch the hell out of that. 
Silent tape. So two things. I've been a lot. I've been very negative, and there's two things I want to spotlight about the scene we just talked about. One is that I do like that all four of them are in this plot together. It's a shitty plot. Don't get me wrong. It's back but, to OG Riverdale, though. Yes, I like that because for the last Riverdale roundups, however many Riverdale roundups we've done, we always have to talk about yes. four distinct plots, right, from the four different characters, and I like that they are all now in one plot. I think that that's sure. awesome. And I will say that I do kind of like that part of the like side story, the like of of what happened with uh, Betty and Archie being like fake together. Is that then at the end, Veronica's like, "Oh, Archie, you didn't feel anything for Betty, did you?" And then when Betty and Jughead are together, and Jughead's like, "Oh, you didn't feel anything for Archie, did you?" And they're both like, "No, no, no." And then at the very end, what do we see but them texting each other and like like agonizing over the wording of a text to each other about the kiss. And I thought that that was very OG Riverdale, fun, cute, like flirty, you know, a teen thousand, sexy stuff. A thousand million percent. I was by myself watching it, and I was just going, oh, girl, no, you didn't. Oh, girl, you didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I love a, I guess this wouldn't be a love triangle. It would be a love square. (laughs) I love a love square. Please, please, please. And I thought it was very cute. I mean, I couldn't help myself. I was just like smiling so much that it hurt when yes she said like i hope i'm not a bad kisser and he was about to say something like i'd kiss you anytime betty and he deleted it which also anytime i see teen heartache anytime you see anything like my heart bursts open where i'm just like i've done that so many times just because i'm just um an empathetic mush you know what i mean and also that was like archie me reading Archie's dialogue in the form of an Apple text is the most realistic Archie has ever been as a character. Yes. Like that text being like, no, you were great. I'd like, to, I'd do that again anytime. Delete, delete, delete. Emoji, kiss, whatever. Like that was actually like the best acting that KJF Best acting I've seen all season. I will give them that. And also, you know what? Speaking of, maybe this has a lot more to do with lust than we're giving it credit for. Maybe Brett does want to have sex with Archie. Let's let's talk about this. Maybe Brett does want to have sex with Archie. Maybe Donna wants to have sex with Betty. That would make sense because she's obsessed with her. Because she's obsessed with her and she also called her a nymphomaniac because she watched the sex tape that Betty had with yes. Jughead. Yeah, and something weird is going on with Betty and Brett's relationship that is not romantic, but is like sub something weirds going on. Something. I wonder if it has with something Donna to do and, with that. Donna and Brett. Yeah, with Donna and Brett for sure, because like she's now using him as so this entire season we thought that it was Brett that was the mastermind behind all of this, but now we know it was Donna, which makes sense. Of course, a woman is behind this, and. <laughs> She controls him completely. So she obviously has something on him. She is the ringleader that is doing all of these things. Obviously, we now know that. And so I will say, brava, brava, Riverdale, for ending on the note that this episode ended with. I know that we were a little all over the place, but I think y'all got the gist of what's going on here. <laughs> that we find out that the four of them with, I believe it was because of Hermosa, Right? That found out what was happening with Donna? Uh, yes. Something is happening yes. with Donna. 
And we as an audience don't know what it is because they had a big manila envelope and they opened up the envelope and they all went, <gasps> because yeah, that Donna's was, hiding yeah, that something. That was some mistakes. Uh, that said, was a stake. Donna, that was a stake. They said Donna is, oh, of course she is. What is she? Who is she? I don't know, man, but that's a stake. I want to put some A1 sauce on. <laughs> um, actually, you would put A1 sauce on a bad steak. I guess I'd put blue cheese on. I'm going to put blue cheese on that steak. Uh, not that I don't love A1 sauce, but you know what I mean. If it's like a really, really, you know, if it's a thick, if it's a thick, you don't really need the A1 sauce. Why am I defending my <laughs> A1 sauce use? Why am I doing this? I, so, all right, question. <laughs> I used to love A1 sauce. I love A1 sauce. I don't think I can't say A1 sauce. <laughs> I, um, so what is Donna? So, is she a part of the farm? Are we since she's been talking to Evelyn? Never, never. Is it maybe she and like she's trying to get Betty and like she's trying to absorb Betty back into it? Is she really, you know? Well, we can't even say that's like maybe she's actually forty five years old because Evelyn Ever Never was actually very old, and that was barely a plot line. So. I will say, yeah, I like the reveal that Donna is something, but Riverdale has to give us a hint because there's literally 10 million things that we could choose from. Is she a googly? Is she 45? Is she, uh, you know, really from a rival high school? Like there is like so like there is they need to like give us a little a little boost. So that it was a great way to end it, though, yes. because it was like, fuck you, Riverdale. You still know how to get me. Yeah. Yeah, that was they. Th- that was a good ending, and it did make me be like, "Oh, I want to come back." Which yes. even some episodes when they have ended, I have not even wanted to come back. No, they're definitely. It's a, you know what? It's a struggle sometimes. It's not always a struggle, <laughs> but sometimes it's a struggle. We're in the middle. You know what? Riverdale is like being married. You know, you've got ups and downs. No matter what, yeah. no matter how much you love a person, you're going to have ruts sometimes. And we're in a bit of a rut right now. Maybe with Riverdale, maybe we need to go on a little, um, you know, just a weekend vacay. Maybe we need to, like, try something new in the bedroom. Maybe that's, and that's, which is probably why they're doing the Betty and Archie thing. We need a little bit of spice. Yeah, we need something. And it's true that a marriage takes work and my relationship with Riverdale takes work. Um, Although I also have higher hopes for my marriage than I do for um, the future of Riverdale it's probably for the best I'm glad that you do <laughs> because if you felt the same way about Riverdale as you do about Gideon I think we'd have to be like do we need to go get drunk Molly because it sounds like we need to go get drunk and have a conversation but we're fine everybody's fine and um I guess that's it for right now I think we covered literally everything there is possible to know about this episode. Yes, I did love that when Kevin was being interviewed by Mrs. Andrews, he said, I think there are a lot of closeted Barchi stands out there who have been waiting for this moment. There's a lot of people who don't think Bughead shouldn't have happened, which yeah, I, I remember a time. I remember a time. Back in the day when I really wanted Betty and Archie to be together. Yes. And I want to praise Kevin for his constant earnestness. He acts the fuck out of this show. I love him. No matter no matter what trash it is. I absolutely love him. And you know, I it would Betty deserves some something, you know? Give her a little kisses now. I think that's great because especially because she had to wear that knitted baby pink sweater through most of the episode. And I'm gonna throw it out there. I 
fucking hated that shirt. And I very rarely I like. I all of Betty's clothes. I usually don't like her outfits, but that one in particular, I was like, take that off. You look They're not like flattering. you're four. And, then, and it's weird yeah. and gross. It's really weird and gross. I know she's hot. I know Lily Reinhardt is hot. It's very but attractive. her clothes, the way that they dress her, she is, I, I hate those they do not flatter her. They might flatter some people, but they do not flatter her, and she's very hot. Like so, it's hard not to flatter her when she dresses like Dark Betty. Not for nothing, she is like ten jillion times hotter. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And also, I would be remiss if I did not bring up how hot Hiram Lodge was at the funeral, which we got very little Lodge factor this episode. But he had on this like multi-pattern suit on in the funeral that. Man, can he rock a very interesting looking suit. And I was surprised that that was right before he tried to tried to fire, gently fire FP from being sheriff, where Sheriff FP quit. Now, I think that means that we've got Serpent Daddy coming back. I hope so, man. That would be the best possible outcome of all this. I really think Serpent Daddy's coming back. And I love that, um, I believe it was Hermosa, no, it was Donna that called him Sheriff Daddy. And I know that she meant Daddy because he was the father, but I was just like, they're listening! (laughs) They're listening! Yeah, I like Sheriff Daddy. This was great. Um, I mean, it's we're ups and downs again. We're we're in a bit of a rut in our relationship. We're gonna see how it goes. But I am positive about it. I'm feeling good about it. Let's see what the next one is. What is Donna? Where are we going to go next episode? I'm here for it, and I hope y'all are here for it as well. We'll be back next week with season four, episode sixteen, and I'm excited. I'm really excited for it. I guess I am. I am. I, I, I'm mad, but I'm excited for the future. I'm mad and excited for the future. You know, like any good person in their mid-30s <laughs> would be. We love you guys, <laughs> and uh, we will talk to you next week. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.